0: Our scripture comes from Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11, the temptation of Jesus. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him and suddenly angels came and waited on him. This is the word of God for the people of God.
1: Thanks be to God. What are the three things that are certain in life? Death, Death. taxes, temptation. Uh, if you've ever been tempted, raise your hand. And the rest of you, I want to talk about the sin of lying. We have all been tempted, and we know it. We're like that little boy who was told flat out by his parents, do not stop to swim in the pond on your way home. And he comes home, and he's wearing his swim trunks, and they're soaking wet. And they said, well... What in the world? We told you why, what, why did you even have your, your bathing suit with you? He said, in case I got tempted. <laughs> we, we prepare for temptation, don't we? I, I heard a very wise person say, what's the greatest weapon against temptation? Oh, and we all, you know, because we were seminary students. We, we were brilliant. Just ask us. We would have told you. We were brilliant. And we sat there giving all sorts of great, profound theological arguments, answers. And he looked at us and he said, The greatest weapon against sin is your feet. Run from it. Get out of that situation. Get away from that thing. Makes a lot of sense. Except that's so hard in the moment, isn't it? Well, even Jesus was tempted. But Jesus fought that temptation. And let us take time to look at that today. Lord, we thank you that you did endure so much of what we do in life, especially temptation. And if you can overcome with your help, so can we. Show us your way. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Now I've got a confession to make. For the longest time, and I'm talking years here, for the longest time, I had a real problem with these verses. The temptation of Jesus, well, I looked at the temptations. I read the story. I studied them. I knew what they were saying. I opened the books. I read what other great minds, greater than mine, were saying. But still, I had a hard time relating to these temptations. I have never been tempted to turn stones into bread. I don't want to be king over all the nations of the earth. And I certainly don't want to climb up to the top of the highest United Methodist steeple in South Carolina and jump. These are Messiah temptations, these are God-sized temptations. And even if I wanted to turn stones into bread, I couldn't. I don't know how. Evidently, the divinity school at Duke University was just second rate. They never taught me how to do that. Or maybe I just missed the class that day. Fortunately, fortunately, our God has a way of getting us where we need to be. Remember Jonah? Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. He did not want to be God's prophet. He didn't want to forgive those people. He wanted God to strike them all dead, so he ran in the opposite direction. So God sent Jonah a taxi in the form of a fish. And he said, you jump into that taxi or all these men on this ship, these innocent men that had nothing to do with this are going to die in this storm. So Jonah jumped into the water and into the taxi Who delivered him on shore where God needed him to be? Ask Joseph if God doesn't get you where you need to be. He needed Joseph in Egypt. So how did God's plan work out? Well, let's see. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. He was carted off to Egypt in a slave cart. He was falsely accused of a crime, then placed in prison. It was in prison that his ability as an interpreter of dreams became known. And it was his ability as an interpreter of dreams that brought Joseph to Pharaoh's attention And got Joseph to the right place at the right time according to God's plan. That's an awful lot of coincidences to be a coincidence. Jesus was led into the wilderness, not by the devil, but by the Holy Spirit. Not a coincidence. Jesus was tested by the devil, not a coincidence. Jesus starved for 40 days, not a coincidence. And the first temptation of a hungering Jesus was to turn stones into bread. Not a coincidence, but all according To God's plan. God's plan. You see, there it is. That is what these verses are really all about. God's plan. The devil wasn't tempting Jesus to take the edge off his hunger, to have a snack. He was Tempting Jesus to solve one of his problems without God. Without seeking God's will. That's a temptation I can relate to. I think many of us can. How often do we truly make decisions in our lives based on God's will for us. When was the last time we prayed a prayer that says, I'm seeking your will? What is it? What do you want me to do, God? I'm yours. In the adult Bible uh, study, I I have them every week looking for, for God. Where did you see God this week? Where did you hear God this week? God is around us always God is speaking, communicating, loving, honoring, being with. And how can we call ourselves Christian if we aren't following what Jesus tells us to say and do? People who are Christians If you love me, obey my commandments. How can we hear God's will? We need to know that. We need to find that and experience that. The devil wasn't tempting Jesus with the power and the prestige offered by the kingdoms of the world. But he was tempting Jesus to go off of God's plan, away from it. The devil wasn't tempting Jesus to jump off a temple roof. He was tempting Jesus to tell God what to do. And isn't that a temptation all of us can relate to as well? In a hospital room, at a hospital bed, heal. And God doesn't. say. And God doesn't. Spare. And God doesn't. Be merciful. And God isn't. At least not in the ways we expect, because telling God what to do is a temptation all of us can relate to. These were all temptations away from God's plan and for Jesus to follow his own plan. The devil was tempting Jesus to forget that God is in charge. Do we need that reminder as we enter these days of Lent? To remember that God is in charge. To remember that we can trust God with everything. I want that reminder. I love knowing my future and my present are in God's hands. And I want you to, to listen to a song choir members are going to sing. Be still my soul. Uh, I, I think these words, this hymn ought to be our hymn throughout this season all the way up to Good Friday and Easter morning. I didn't know you could get that low, Al. You were in the basement. Part of God's plan? Be still, my soul. The Lord is on your side. Is there any greater message we can have than that? Bear patiently. The cross of grief. For pain, leave to your God to order and provide. In every change, God faithful will remain. Be still, my soul, your best, your heavenly friend. Through thorny ways leads to a joyful end. And the second verse begins, Be still, my soul, your God will undertake. Before the days of political correctness and everyone getting woke and socially sensitized, there came a story about Abbot John the Dwarf. Now, Abbot John prayed that all passion be taken from him. His prayer was granted, and he went to one of the elders and said, You see before you a man who is completely at rest and has no more temptations. The elder surprised him. Instead of praising him, the elder said, Go and pray quickly to the Lord to command some struggle to be stirred up in you for the soul is only matured in battle. Abidjan John did this, and when the temptation started up again, he did not pray for the struggle to be taken from him. Instead, he prayed, Lord, give me strength to get through the fight. Lead me, Lord. Direct me by your Holy Spirit. These must be our prayers of Lent. Someone once said that you know you are Catholic when you genuflect before entering a row at a movie theater. Well, these verses tell us that we know we are Christians only when we seek and live God's plan. Let's face the truth that we all know, Lent can be absolutely exhausting, can't it? It can wear you out. Giving up sweet tea to help us remember what Jesus gave up, like sweet tea and your life on a cross can be compared? There's a better way. Consider it a Lenten challenge from your pastor to you. Live each day of Lent listening for God's direction. Desperately wanting nothing more than to hear God's voice. What an adventure Lent could become. Instead of being completely worn out when Lent finally ends and we are put out of our superficial misery, imagine what it would be like to come to Easter morning energized, filled with new life, fully living the promise of our faith. Isn't that what Lent should be? Amen.